Annyeonghaseyo. Hello and welcome back to the Hello Taekwondo podcast, the podcast for passionate martial artists. I'm your host, Josh DeBerardinas. Today, we're talking about one of the most exciting events in martial arts, tournaments. When that trophy, ribbon, or gold medal is on the line, every bit of training you put into it counts. We're breaking down exactly why you should be attending tournaments and how they help your training in the long run. Plus, how to get the most out of your tournament experience with tips on how to bring home the gold. I'm excited to introduce our guest today, 7th degree black belt master instructor in Taekwondo, owner of McCoy's Taekwondo America in Arab, Alabama, Mr. Brian McCoy. Mr. McCoy, uh, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. It's so great to have you on. So we're here to talk about tournaments. Now, before we dive into it, I understand that coming up soon, uh, Taekwondo America is having its first ever virtual tournament. What can you tell us about that? Well, um, my team has put this together over the course of about a month and a half. Um, before we decided to go virtual only, I was challenged by the senior partners with coming up with two separate options. Number one was a diminished capacity tournament where we would spread out over a longer period of time if we got to meet in northern Kentucky and then also a virtual type tournament so um, I kind of went to work on that uh, put these ideas together and then got together with the rest of the tournament committee and we talked about the pros and the cons of the blueprint that I had drawn up so um, this tournament is going to take place over a three-day period Uh, the schedule is set so that A lot of the black belts are competing on Thursday. Um, A lot of the beginner students, with the exception of the orange belt adults, will compete on Friday and then everybody else. So that would be orange belts all the way up through red belts would compete on Saturday, just like they normally would at uh, at an actual in-person tournament. And I kind of cringe when I use that term, but, um, you know, I want to assure everybody that this tournament is going to be as competitive and as rewarding as it would be if we were all meeting in person, the only difference is going to be that we're not all face-to-face. Uh, you'll see your judges, you'll see your competitors, and your parents and grandparents and whoever else will be able to log into the Zoom meetings that we that we assign to each grouping so that they can be spectators and they can watch and, and see the awesome things that the competitors are doing. So, um, But, you know, while we're talking about it, it all kicks off this Saturday. Uh, we have a high rank uh, forms competition that I'm terming an exhibition, and this will be along the lines of what we do with the all-star sparring at tournaments. Um, I've asked about 30 different high ranks to participate in this event, and I've assigned each grouping a color belt pattern, green through brown belt. And uh, I've got three judges So this will be a great way for people to log in and kind of see what the tournament optics will be like. Um, I'll kind of play the tournament host and I'll be spotlighting videos and calling for scores and different things like that. And then my three judges will be deciding who wins each match. So this will kind of be a hybrid model of patterns and sparring. We're going to do this in a bracket style elimination type deal. And, um, I'm really excited about it. I got some pretty big names lined up for it. So uh, it should be a lot of fun. 
it sounds really exciting. It, I, it's definitely, I know a virtual tournament comes with its, with its own challenges of setting up that are different than a regular tournament, but it sounds like it's going to be a really fun event that we can, you know, still have our fun Taekwondo tournaments that we're used to, even though we aren't, you know, necessarily all capable or willing to go, you know, travel and be in a room full right. of crowd of people. We still get that experience, which I love. That's exactly right. And that's, and I think that's the benefit of this because as we've said for years, and I think I cover it in my certification seminars, and I think Mr. Anderson does as well, but tournaments are meant to be motivational. And this is an opportunity for different school owners to motivate their students to go and participate and hopefully get them fired up, not just for the next in-person tournament, but also for class retention. You know, it's uh, it's hard to keep people motivated when there's nothing on the horizon for them to train for. So right. um, this is an opportunity to do that. I mean, we touched on it just now a bit, but I'd like to talk a little bit more about that of um, why are tournaments so great, right? So why should a student listening to this go to a tournament? Yeah, you know, I've, I've been asked this question a couple of times and I have opinions and other instructors that I've talked to have their opinions. But in my mind, a tournament is the opportunity to play in the big game, right? You, you train um, you learn new curriculum, you practice that curriculum, you work on the muscle memory of it all, but a tournament is a time to go and participate in the big game and kind of, you know, I, I, long and short, it's an opportunity to compare your training with other people. Right. And um, I think that it's, it, it's a great opportunity. I think Sean Wilson said it best one time that people would say that they were going to wait until they got to be a higher rank before they went to a tournament. But I think in reality that people achieve higher ranks because they've gone to a tournament. Hmm. Um, you, you know, it, aside from being motivational, it's also an opportunity to find out for want of a better word, what you stink at, right. Yeah. So that <laughs> right. you know what to improve. <laughs> and uh, I tell my students here all the time that I went to about seven tournaments before I ever figured out what I needed to do better in order to be successful at tournaments. And so it, it's a learning opportunity. It's a motivational opportunity. And then at the end of the day, it's an opportunity to watch the higher ranks really get out there and do stuff. Because my students tell me all the time that they've never seen me do anything. Not really. Right. You know, I, I've done demonstrations at testings and I've done sparring in class with them. But it's an opportunity to see those higher ranks that you hear all the stories about actually get out there and kick and punch and spar and do patterns and do all the other fun stuff. So that's, in, that's why I think people should go to a tournament. And, you know, we talk about this all the time, but all the friends that I've made in Taekwondo, I met them first at a tournament. Right. Yeah. You, you know, the people, the people that I started training with don't train anymore. So all of my friends are those people that I saw at tournaments and at camps and at different national events that we hosted. Um, and, and I would not be friends with those people if it weren't for the tournaments. If I were just a sideline, I'm going to stay at home and you can tell me all about the tournament when you get back. Well, that doesn't meet those requirements, right? It doesn't allow me to meet new people. So it's, uh, it's, it's, I love tournaments. I, and, yeah. I, and I guess that's why I put myself in charge of them, but I love tournaments. I like the, the thrill of victory and I like the satisfaction of a job well done and the look in a student's eyes when they realize that what they did kind of met all the requirements of an awesome time. So right. it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. And I think uh, tournaments 
um, are a really good uh, benchmark test, kind of, uh, as you go throughout your training, because they, they're they're more infrequent than rank testings, typically, uh, if, if depending on what rank you are and what time you have between them um, as you're coming up through the ranks. And I feel like, for me, it gives me an idea of how my training is going, because you'll either pass testing or not pass testing, but that's all based on you know, you're looking to see, have I met the at least the minimum requirements to pass? Where a tournament, you could have well beyond the minimum requirements to pass, and then it still gives you that feedback of knowing where you still have shortfalls in your training and in your technique. Yeah, you know, I tell people all the time here that a testing is me comparing you to you, right? You need to be the, be the best version of you that day. Exactly. But a tournament is me comparing you to Bobby Lacey or to, you know, whoever else is in your division. And uh, I think that's the fun in the tournaments is that, you know, how often do you get compared to other people at any event? And and that's the one, so. And it's just a bit of fun, you know, it's a fun comparison. You know, it, it's like, right. a, cause then the what I tell students all the time is when they come back and they tell me like, oh, I got, you know, second place. I'm like, oh, great. Do you know who won first? And remember them, remember their name yeah. and come back next time and you show them. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. I always, I always remember who beats me. So I have, they are like on my list of like, you know, one day I'm going to get there and I'm going to defeat them eventually. You know, it's what, that's my goal. It's a fun, it's a nice little challenge. Well, but you know what you just said is accurate too, because we were all talking about this. Um, some of the school owners, we get together on Tuesday night and do a Zoom hangout and play cards. And uh, when I proposed this idea to them and told them which pattern they would be performing because most of them that are in that card game are competing in the in the forms event david church jokingly said this was a great opportunity for him because he had never lost to poop dang doing warong <laughs> he'd always uh, lost to him doing something else so nice <laughs> you know yeah it's kind of a you you remember those people that you compete against and you know you kind of look forward to beating them or you know, learning something about them. So oh, for sure, it was kind of a funny way for him to say that. <laughs> so, I mean, for anyone listening, if you guys want to see any of these, like, you know, decade long rivalries, you know, come head to head between any of these different, like high ranking black belts, you guys should check out on uh, Saturday. You guys can get the link to go see that by talking to either your school owner. Or I think it's on the Taekwondo America website. But it's also on the Taekwondo America Facebook page, I believe. Okay, wonderful. The fan page. So, you know, you don't want to miss out on your own experience. Make sure you guys sign up for the tournament so you guys can do that as well. They might now understand why they should go to a tournament and why it's a great, uh, you know, fun event. Maybe they've been to a bunch of them. How are we going to get better at them, though? So how is like as a student, what should I do to give myself the best chance to perform well at the tournament? Well, you know, first of all, is training regularly. Um, nothing bothers me more than students that I've got that train once a week and go to a tournament and get beat. They can't really understand why it happened. Right. Um, so training regularly, following the advice of your instructor is, is paramount. Um, if we're talking about pure patterns, you know, doing those things that your instructor tells you, making good stances, hand and foot timing, power, focus, balance, all of those things are, are a really good way to set yourself up for success. But beyond that is the intangibles. Um, 
you know, I tell my students all the time that the first impression you make upon a judge is when they call your name and you answer loudly and run or not. Exactly. And, and as a judge at tournaments, I'm always more inclined to reward those people. If there's a, like, if there's a borderline decision, right. They generally get the thumbs up from me as opposed to not because of their enthusiasm at being there. Mr. Davis said something to me one time, and it was when I was training for testing, but I think it's accurate for tournaments also if you're talking about the aesthetic value of a pattern is we all have a good leg and a bad leg. And he suggested to me that my good leg was out kicking my bad leg pretty good. And so he his his advice was basically to dumb down my bad or my good leg to equal out the bad leg. So symmetry is important, right? If you right. have a right leg that kicks head level and the left leg can't manage to get above the sternum, you know, that symmetry is really, really good for the aesthetic purposes of a pattern, I believe. And I'm not saying to not try to push the limits on the bad leg. <laughs> right, what I'm right. saying is, is for tournament competition, that's not the time to try to do something and fail at it. Right. You want to be at your best at a tournament when you're competing against others. And the other bit of advice that I would give people is that when you go to the tournament is not try to change what you do based upon what you just saw somebody else do. Right. Not all of us are going to be food thing when we do a pattern. Right. But it doesn't mean that you can't be successful doing a pattern. You just have to figure out what you do better than him and exploit that. Um when we talk about sparring, I tell my students all the time that testings are the time that you're supposed to show a variety of technique. Tournaments are the time that you're just trying to score more points than the other person. And so it doesn't matter if it's a front leg round kick that continuously scores. You don't necessarily have to do the 360 round kicks unless they're successful. Right. Um, you, you know, my oldest daughter, who is a third degree senior now, competed in a tournament one time i believe it was in columbus ohio and all she did to win gold medal she won three straight matches and all she did were number one sidekicks she didn't do anything different that's all she did for three matches but no one could stop her yeah and and so in a testing environment we'd look at that and say guy you know there wasn't a lot of variety but in the tournament all she did was score points and, and so you know Figuring out what your style for sparring is, is important and not trying to do the things that you're not great at that you might fail at and kind of, kind of do the things that you're good at, which getting back to the virtual tournament that we're having, we're having sparring combinations that, that I've come up with, but for the adults and for the second and third degrees, it's going to be freestyle. You can do whatever you'd like to, which means you can play to your strengths. Right. So, you know, I would clear that with your instructor. I'd make sure that they're on board helping you out, deciding what's best for you for this upcoming tournament. But now's the time to really show the things that you're good at. Um, but getting back to the other tournaments and how to be successful at them, uh, I've had students in the past that, oh, I got beat by so-and-so. Well, how'd you get beat? Well, they did this, this, and this. Did you watch their previous rounds? No, sir. Uh, and I'm like, <laughs> well, if you'd have watched it, you probably knew what they were going to do, right? Exactly. So, you know, watch the other people because you don't know who you're sparring. And chances are really good that you're sparring a lot of those people, if not at this tournament, the next one. 
and, um, and, and learn from what they're doing and try to strategize what you're going to do based upon that. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I think sparring is one of the few activities that we do in martial arts that is both proactive and reactive. Um, you need to have a game plan, but you also need to be able to react to what's going on and change your game plan if necessary. Um, exactly. So. Yeah. I was just having that conversation just probably like a week and a half ago where I was talking about, uh, and I, I was talking about also, um, like high rank testing in this conversation, but it's the same stuff for free sparring where the concept of you need to watch your partner. Don't free spar in a bubble. Don't just think about, right. I'm going to do this. This is my plan. You can't spar in a vacuum and do it without paying attention to what your partner's doing. It's like playing chess and only looking at your pieces. That's right. not going to work. Yeah. You know, I think, I think that Mike Tyson said it best that everybody has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. Yeah. Right. And so when, when your plan falls apart, you need to be able to react to that plan falling apart and, and do the things that are necessary to be successful then. And that comes from training. And, and I, I keep getting back to that, but you have to train for success just like you would for anything else. So you have to train and you've got to pay attention. Like within 15 yeah. seconds of watching somebody spar, you should know what leg they prefer. Do they like inside or outside? Do they have a specific kick that they're using? Because when you're at a tournament, unless you're, unless you're really strategizing and sparring specifically differently in the first like 15 seconds, you're just going to spar exactly how you usually, exactly. you're going to use your best stuff right away. Now you can make the argument whether you should maybe feign uh, a little bit of a different style and then come back to what you're used to. But anyway, they're going to figure that out eventually. But you, sh as, a, as a competitor, you should be watching. Right. And, 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 you know, getting back to what I said earlier, you need to listen to your, your school owner and your instructor because guess what? They've been successful at tournaments. At some point in their career, they've been <laughs> successful. Right. And, and they know how to make you successful, but you've got to listen to them and be capable of learning from what they're telling you. So absolutely all good things. And um, to bring it back to forms for a minute, because we've talked about a bit of like how to really get the most out of your sparring at a tournament. Um, another, another thing to bring up, I think is for forms is um, at a, uh, at a typical tournament where you're it's in person. Um, you should know what space you need to do your form. It's another part of that training where I see people that come up and then, they are having to adjust every other move because they started in the wrong part of the ring. And while right. and while it's not going to um, inherently um, lower your score just because you have to adjust by default, by definition, it is going to lower your score in the terms of like you're not presenting it to the fullest capability that you could have. And it's not just that, you know, if you get too close to the judges table and have to adjust, what happens if you have a brain moment? And don't remember what move comes next. Exactly. Um, I see that a lot at a tournament where someone has to adjust because, like you said, they started too far forward in the ring. And then suddenly they've forgotten the next movement, whatever that next movement might be. And, you know, then they lose the point because they're asked to do their pattern again. And then it's a whole nightmare. So, but you're right. Know, knowing the space that you're in, and it's going to be very important for this upcoming tournament, right? Knowing your space. Yes. Um, we've sent out a diagram to show people where to put the camera to make them the most successful. Um, if they have the opportunity of going to the Taekwondo school and doing their competition there, right? It's a, it's a comfort level. That's kind of home. 
Um, and, and so if you have that opportunity, take advantage of it, right? Yes. And and speaking of that comfort level, that's going to aid you because when you're at any kind of tournament, virtual or otherwise, you're going to be nervous at some point. Most people, you know, and uh, the goal, I, I usually tell people the goal is not to not be nervous, but to just let the nervousness happen and just perform the same that you would normally anyway because it's so for me for at least me personally it's a lot harder for me to like consciously try to make myself not nervous and it's a lot easier for me to go okay i'm nervous whatever so what and then just go and do it anyway well and you know that's a that's a great thing that you just said because using those nerves to your advantage is because you know think about how nervous you're going to be at a tournament compared to how nervous you're going to be testing for six three black belt right and if you can learn to use the nerves then there'll never be a moment where the nerves get the best of you. So, uh, yeah, I think I like that idea a lot. Um, for Taekwondo America tournaments, um, we uh, we judge the forms n- newly on a uh, on a tenth of a point. Um, you know, used to be the quarter of a point. So there's a lot more wiggle room now for these points for forms. And so, um, what I see personally as a tournament judge that gets people. Um, lower scores, especially now there's all that space where they can, you know, there's more room to lose points, right? You it might think like, right. oh, there's more space that's better. There's more room for you to lose traction because where before we were looking at it and going, you're either going to be an 8.5 or an 8.75. Now you can really get in there and where maybe it would have bumped you up for that 8.75. Now it's maybe just an 8.6. And so you've lost a right. little bit. And what I see as a tournament judge that costs people, um, score is the inattention to the details like they they go at it as well i know the sequence but they haven't really taken the time to really get all of the detail work through where they're focusing on getting everything as perfect as possible exactly right they have the perfect stances they're getting that hand and foot timing you know everything like that they're not they're not getting that complete package well and you know so the criteria for asking someone to redo their pattern are that they add a movement they subtract the movement, they do the movements out of order, they turn the wrong direction. That's just the requirements to not have to redo your pattern. Right, exactly. Everything else after that determines the gold medal or not. And, you know, all the things that we talked about earlier with the hand and foot timing and the, the snap and the positioning and the stances. And just keep in mind that every judge has their own thing that they're judging on. Mine always was stances and power. Right. And, and and so everybody has that thing, but you don't know what their thing is. And so doing all the things well increase your chance of being successful. Absolutely. So that you know, that's that's another thing to think about. Some people think, well, I only had to do my pattern once. It must have been good. But you know, that's that's not always the case. Everyone, the goal, the minimum goal is for everyone to do their form once. If you do your right. form at testing, if you do your form once, that's a good indication of how well you're doing your form at testing. But at tournament, that's the default. <laughs> right. And then all of these other things that you add on top of it, all of these little minute details where it's not necessarily like a a one-to-one where it's like your stances, uh, this stance was bad, so I'm going to take a tenth of a point. It doesn't go like – it's not everything that adds up, but but as the judges are watching it and they're taking it all in, they all do add up and kind of – you know, all the little things that were on their own wouldn't – matter at like you know by itself right if, if you're if your back knee was bent slightly in one of your front stances and that was the only thing that's 
not going to matter as much. But then if it's that front stance and then this other front stance and then now your moves aren't in the correct spot, just slightly off, all these little tiny mistakes I think people don't focus on. And then over then it leads to one big, uh, you know, mistake. Right. And, and remember that you're being compared to the others in your division. So your pattern might be the worst you've ever done. But if it's better than the others, you know, it, it's still not a clear indication of how well you could do your pattern. And that's why it's always important in a tournament to give your best. Right. Because you don't know what the others are bringing to the table either. And now um, another thing that we might want to talk about, because I, I feel like people don't uh, don't always understand this, is just how to get the most out of your tournament experience, right? So not just performing well, but I, I, I see people and I wonder how much they're really getting out of the event when they show up for their ring and then they leave immediately after and they're, they don't stick around. They don't get the atmosphere. They are not seeing the other competitors. There's other events and there's other showcases going on at a typical tournament that they might be missing. And so do you want to comment on that? Yeah, I'd love to. So, you know, the tournaments have been set up as an event and right. it's not just your 45 minutes on the mats. It is participating in the board breaking. You know, that that's a kind of an underrated thing. And some people get frustrated that they have to wait for it. But for the next in-person tournament, we kind of solved that problem. But that's another aspect of the tournament that allows you to be successful, right? And whether you're a competitor yourself or you're the parent of a competitor, setting them up for success or setting yourself up for success is great um, for the overall experience. Um, September is always team sparring. And showing up to watch that or even participating in that is a great way to, it, you know, going to a tournament and not watching the team sparring or not participating in it or in the January event, not watching the demo teams is sort of like going to Disney World and not going to see the castle. Huh, yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, it, it, it doesn't make any sense. You're there. You might as well go look at it, right? right. Um, I think Mr. Dominic said it in a blog post one time, but get the t-shirt yeah right i've got so many tournament t-shirts i can't even remember where they all came from except that they <laughs> say it right on it right but getting the cool t-shirt is also a way to increase your um experience increase your satisfaction in the experience that you had um coming in on friday night and watching the fourth and fifth degree spar uh, you know how often does a, a green belt get to watch a Bobby Lacey and a Langlois spar. It, right. it, it, they don't, they don't get to see that, you know, there might be a fourth or fifth degree at their school, but they might be the only person there and they don't get to see them spar a lot. And that's more fun for me as a judge than any, any other event that we have, because those guys are really, really good and watching them at their best kind of motivates me to up my game in my training. Um, but yeah, participating in all that, it, it's a weekend long event. So be there for all of it, right? Um, if, if you are from a small school, you know, let's say that it's, it's my school here in Arab, Alabama, going to Dallas, I'm not going to bring a ton of people, but go watch your classmates you know, participate and cheer them on that because that only, not only makes them feel better, but it's going to make you feel a part of something, a part of something bigger. 
So, you know, there's, there's all kinds of ways to be involved in the tournament other than just your participation. Exactly. Um, right. Well, I mean, you don't even have to watch people that you can watch people from your school. If there's not many, go watch a different ring, right? There's right. You're, it's, it's a spectate. This is set up as a, as like a spectator event, right? It's not a close, Absolutely. it's not just you and your judges in a single room by yourself. There's chairs for a reason. Cause it's fun to watch. You know, visit the sponsor of things outside. Ninja star is always there. Go get your picture taken with your medal. Go uh, introduce yourself to a high rank. They don't know who you are, but I promise you, everybody that's ever come up and introduced themselves to me, I remember them the next time I see them. And, and, you know, not that you need to be front and center for all the high ranks, but it doesn't hurt either, right? right. You know, it doesn't hurt that that um, Will Anderson knows your name or recognizes your face. Um, but also, you know, our events are set up now, especially in the next couple of years, I've seen the lineup of high ranks getting their next rank and you know being a part of something like that is memorable right so, you're, you're never going to forget it when you see somebody do like a demonstration for their seventh degree or all these other like rank presentations so there's all kinds of opportunities at a tournament like we've been saying that aren't just your 45 minutes of competition so I, I'm assuming that anyone's listening to this has probably been to a tournament, but if if you have been to a tournament, share this episode with somebody who hasn't, right? Maybe this will convince them, and they're like, well, maybe maybe, the, maybe I should go to a tournament, right? If you've never been to a tournament, go to the virtual tournament. You get to do it from home. You get to do it from, like, here in, in wherever you live in your city, like, at your Taekwondo school or at your home, and you can go, oh, it's not that scary, and then you can go do it in right. person. Right, what an opportunity, right? Right, it's like a trial. You're like, oh, this is great. I'll do, like... And the next, then you'll be looking forward to the next one. Hopefully, when we get to have one. So, exactly. Well, Nashville, Nashville, Tennessee, January twenty twenty one. Okay, All right. Hopefully, we'll be uh, we'll be all gathering in the Music City and having a tournament. Yeah, so. one can only hope, right? Hopefully, that all gets to work out because, you know, it's one of the most favorite events out of anybody. Our tournaments, right? Turn. I mean, really, all of our events are fan favorites. You got camps and conferences and tournaments. There's not really a loser out of the bunch there, but tournaments are. It's just. It's a whole different experience. And right. I, as, as I love it. Mr. McCoy, thank you for coming on the show. Thanks for inviting me. I, uh, I've enjoyed your, your podcast, so I will continue to enjoy them, and I can't wait to see everybody at the tournament. Awesome. Remember, guys, if you're listening to this episode when it airs, you still have a chance to watch the High Rank Forms exhibition this Saturday. You can watch that by heading to taekwondoamerica.org or tkda.org. Either one will take you there. Just find the virtual tournament under events and it'll have everything you need, not just for the exhibition, but for the rest of the virtual tournament as well. Can't wait to see you guys there virtually. Well, that's it for today. I hope you guys enjoyed listening to this episode of the Hello Taekwondo podcast. Don't forget, subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform, or you can go to hellotaekwondo.com and sign up to get new episodes delivered right to your inbox. Huge shout out to our show supporters. They're the people that make this podcast possible. If you love the show, consider joining our group of supporters. You can donate and help out the show for as little as 99 cents a month. Just head on over to hellotaekwondo.com slash support. Again, that's hellotaekwondo.com slash support. Thank you again for listening. I hope you guys all have a wonderful day. Till next time, keep kicking. 
and I'll see you on the next episode of the Hello Taekwondo Podcast.